Welcome to the Solutions for Customers podcast, where we will cover all things about sales engineering, customer success, and best practices in the tech ecosystem. Recorded live outside of Boston, MA, here's your host, Gary Sloper. Hello, and welcome to the Solutions for Customers podcast, where we cover the latest in sales engineering and customer success within the tech ecosystem. I am your host, Gary Sloper. And that intro song is by the band Casino Sunday. Check them out on Bandcamp or iTunes. Uh, band is based out of New Jersey. Very cool. Got some really cool, cool songs. So today, I uh, wanted to cover some interesting topics uh, around meetings. And, uh, you know, kind of how you approach a meeting with a customer. Uh, and this is really true, I would say, from a pre-sales standpoint. So if you are a sales engineer planning to go meet with a customer or you are a customer success manager going on site to sit down with a client, uh, potentially talk about the account and uh, all the great things that uh, your organization has been doing. What are the steps and process that you really should take? So I really, you know, when I think about this, a, a core cadence within uh, your business. And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, as you continue to do something in life, right, as you repeated over and over. And I think there's studies out there that if you do something repeatable over, you know, a two or three week period, it basically becomes a habit. It's like going to the gym. They say you really got to maintain going to the gym at least 30 days before it becomes more of a habit. This is very much true uh, as you approach your, your conversations with clients. So what I'm going to talk about today is actually going on site, meeting with a client. I realize that a lot of our discussions today, you know, are typically over a Zoom or a WebEx uh, and, and, or even just a, a, you know, conference call with somebody or sometimes even Slack. Slack's great. If you have a Slack channel set up for a customer, that's, that's even, you know, even better as well. But today I'm talking about actually face to face, which at times can be, uh, you know, a lost art, I think. Um, but the reason why you want to think about some of these things is, you know, it's not just you typically going on this meeting. So if it's a, you know, a, a large meeting, a dog and pony show, and you, you have your executives there, maybe a vice president of sales or uh, an SVP of sales or your vice president of solution engineering or your head of customer success, you know, they might be there. It might be somebody from product. Um, you're obviously there, you know, so sometimes you may roll into a, a meeting, you know, seven or eight people deep and there's one client at the other end of the table. So you also want to be mindful about that. Um, and hopefully the sales professional has thought through that part of the process. And, and if you really do need to bring that many people, hopefully he or she has set that expectation up front with the, with the client on who's attending, what their role will be. There's nothing worse than showing up to a meeting and you, you're just showing there up there to be a pretty face. So one of the things that I learned super early in my career, uh, was by a gentleman by the name of Bill Robichaud. Uh, I was an intern for him a long, long, long time ago. And one of the key pieces of advice that he gave to me is he said, Gary, you need to speak within the first 10 minutes of any meeting, any meeting that you're in, uh, whether it's an internal meeting or a customer meeting, because if you don't, you are not in that meeting. Meaning at the end of the day, people aren't necessarily thinking about any contribution that you've brought to that discussion. And it's really true. I mean, many of you have probably been at meetings before and there's three or four people that are just sitting there generally on their laptops these days or on their phones, but they're there because they have to be there, but they're not actually providing any true value. 
And I think that that can be a detriment to the meeting, but also the, the objectives of what you're trying to do at times. Now, granted, there are some people that are super important. I, I get that. And they, they need to probably multitask and hear what's going on, but it really shouldn't be the norm. So as you, as you're preparing to go on to this meeting, you know, a couple of things that I like to do is really ask, okay, is there an agenda? It doesn't necessarily have to be some sort of formal, you know, um, piece of paper laid out on parchment and, and, you know, calligraphy, but, but is there a set objective, not only for all of us that are attending, but also for the client's perspective, what are they looking to get out of this? Did they call this meeting? Did you call this meeting? Uh, so you want to make sure that that is super tight because I can tell you, if you put five things down on an agenda, you're only going to cover three. Most likely that just happens. You run out of time, things go off script. And so if you try to jam in a 60 page PowerPoint presentation, uh, or a slides presentation for a 45 minute meeting or even a 60 minute meeting, you will fail. You will not get through all of them. And, and, and that's just, you know, common basic sense, but you know, it's, it's, it's an etiquette that you really need to understand. So, so when I think about, um, when I was a sales engineer, uh, you know, oftentimes I had to, <laughs> I had to bring the huge projector to help, you know, give a, a presentation, whether it was going over an architecture or our value prop. Luckily, we don't have to do that these days. So if you, if I were to put my sales engineering hat back on, uh, you know, what are some of the things that I like to bring with me? And, and so one of the things that I do like to bring with me, and I want to make sure that I have a couple different colors of this readily available in my bag, uh, that I, that I bring or, uh, my, my laptop portfolio that I carry around is I should have at least three whiteboard markers. You say, well, why would you have whiteboard markers? I can tell you probably no lie 25, 30 times in a, in a given year, uh, when I was hitting the road pretty hard, you would walk into a customer's office, go into one of their conference rooms, and there would either be zero whiteboard markers at their whiteboard, or they would be completely dried up. And that obviously can really slow you down as you're trying to you know, figure out what you're trying to solve for the customer. So it's best to just be able to pop something out and be very well prepared. With that, um, if you have room, uh, bring an eraser. Uh, there's nothing worse than having to wipe that off with your hand. And I know it sounds, uh, yeah, this is no brainer. Of course you do this, but you'd be surprised, especially if you are wearing a nicer shirt or you're going out to lunch potentially with the, with the customer after, or you've just, you know, created the biggest manifesto on the whiteboard. You want to be able to, you know, wipe it off cleanly, especially where it's not your office. Uh, so again, you really shouldn't have to do this, but you can't control the environment that you're walking into because you you don't know in advance. So I always suggest that that folks um, you know bring those those items with them. The other thing you know when you start talking about whiteboards, so the, the great advantage that we all have today is we carry around you know these these devices that take pictures, which is excellent, right? So you, you snap a photo on your phone, you send it back over. But there's some really really cool apps nowadays um, that you can actually go and, and download uh, that I've found useful. Uh, there's a couple free ones. There's one called Scanbot. So this basically allows you to import the the picture that you took, and it processes it processes it with like they have this this magic color uh, formulation, and it's got a cool UI, um, and they have you know a version for both iPhone and Android. And what it does is it basically takes your chicken scratch that was on the wall and 
let me tell you, I have the worst. You know, sometimes people look at me and said, you should have been a doctor. No offense to doctors, but sometimes when you write those scripts, they're hard to see. We all know that. Um, it takes your, uh, you know, information that you've written on the whiteboard and kind of puts it into almost a, an animated uh, kind of view. So that's pretty cool. Um, I know that uh, there's, a, there's some other paid ones out there. I think Scanner Pro is uh, 3 or $4.00. And then Evernote has a function. I have not used that, um, but I believe it's called Scannable. So check it out. And, and, and so that is, instead of you just saying, hey, here's what I did, like it ups your game a little bit. Like take that picture and then just shoot that over to the customer. Say, hey, this is what we talked about. I'll get this worked out. You know, I'll, I'll work on a quote or I'll work on the design. But here's just something, you know, that we, we kind of etched out pretty quickly. Um, now, I came from a world of Visio, Visio, Visio for many years. So if you are in an organization that the design needs to really be formalized, especially as it gets passed into the implementation side, I you know I highly suggest that you use something more professional uh, than just sending over the picture. But it does capture uh, something that's that's really unique and and uh, individual for you as well. So the other thing that I think is really super powerful. Uh, and again, you know, you end up feeling like, uh, you know, like, a like an old person with all these like little trinkets that you carry with you. But I, I can't stress enough is having a universal set of HDMI adapters with you. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. There's a, there's a cool one. It's digital links makes some it's uh, their DL dash AR. I think it's their Liberty universal one bunch of HDMI cables, you never know what you're going to, to run into. So you may have a nice slick MacBook, pretty cool, but your customer's still in a Windows environment or they've got a conference room that, you know, you don't even know what that input is. It looks like something's coming out of R2-D2. I swear to God, like, and there's nothing worse that if you have to do a demo and you're now showing your laptop to your customer all hunched over, it's, it's, it, it's just part of the presentation. So... Um, you know, these, um, universal adapters, they're not cheap. You're probably looking at anywhere from, you know, 80 to 150, depending upon the amount and the, and the quality. See if your organization will expense it. Um, you know, you could even do something cool. Like I, I've done this in the past where, you know, it's almost like, uh, a keychain you have, uh, kind of hung up on the wall. So any of the SEs can just grab them off, off the keychain. They just know to, to pull them down. Uh, but if you're a road warrior and you're traveling all over your country, uh, I highly suggest you just bite the bullet and, and grab them because, again, it, not your responsibility from a connection standpoint, but I'll guarantee as part of the agenda setup, part of the meeting, you weren't part of that prep, guarantee the sales professional didn't ask what they're connecting into. Or what's happened to me many times is, yeah, no problem, we have a projector, and you get there and it doesn't have a bulb, like something so trivial. It doesn't work. Or it, it's, you know, it's got to be set up. It's got to get you know, heated up the, the little rodent inside has to get the electricity going. Trust me, just go out and, and buy these couple things. It, it, it shows an extra level of professionalism. It's no different than if a, uh, you know, a carpenter came to your house with the right tools versus saying, Hey, do you, you know, you have a hammer here. You, that would never happen. Think about this at the same time. You are a professional presenter. You're a professional solution solver. And I don't care if you're a sales engineer or a customer success manager. These are things that just show a little extra prep work on your side. And I will tell you that the person sitting across the table from you has sat in hundreds of presentations and customer meetings 
with their vendors. And they can probably count on one hand how many of those individuals have been as prepared as you have. So it's a small investment, sets you apart from the rest. It also, you know, depending upon who's in your meeting, might also, you know, put a little twinkle in the eye of the management team that's there because they may say, hey, how come all the SEs don't have this? Well, you know, I've paid for them on my own. You you refuse to to expense this. Nope, done. We're we're this this is a no-brainer. Every SE should be equipped with this. So sometimes you kind of have to, you know, kind of show to 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 what you need um, to kind of pull these types of things off. So, th- so those are like the key things. Um, I know. Again, we're still in a, a, an awesome digital age. Bring paper with you, um, even if it's a pad of paper you can rip off. I always keep a nice leather-bound um, notebook that uh, I store. I've actually, I know I sound kind of nerdy, but I, you know, I, I keep all of my notebooks um, just for my own reference. I like to see how things have progressed in, in deals and, and go back to those notes. I write faster than I can actually type. If you're into typing and you can type faster, a lot of SEs like to have that formulated in a digital version. I think that's great. But whatever happens at every single meeting, there should be a digital record. And uh, there's some great ways to save those digital records. And the reason why I bring this up, it's not because you're trying to protect yourself or you know you want to um, show some other value. It's more of if you've been with an organization for a couple of years, you'd be surprised how many times you end up speaking to those same prospects over and over. If you're on pre-sales, for example, you may talk to ABC.com today, and in 12, 24 months, you may talk to them again. And if that digital record, say, is attached to Salesforce, if that's what you're using for a CRM, for example, or you have a restricted access directory internally for your organization. The next SC that comes along can pull that information down and say, hey, we spoke to you, you know, 12 to 24 months ago. Um, what has changed? Because this is what we understood from your environment. And so I, I, I have a very specific methodology that I like the SCs to kind of focus on when they're taking those notes and design. Happy to, to share those with anybody. Um, but really try to, you know, capture that digital copy if you can, because you may, you may actually be the SC again on that, that appointment, you know, another year or two from now. And it, and it really helps if you've taken the time to put that in, in a digital format and you can go back to it. It's no different from a CSM standpoint. So um, you may have less documentation to kind of put down because it's usually action notes and, and um, you know, key aspects on the account, looking up tickets and, and potentially... Uh, running escalations on on billing or contractual pieces, but it's really good to put put down those in, in notes, and and the reason why I say that is especially in the CSM arena, that CSM may move from account to account, or an account may go away and come back, and it's really good for the next person to kind of move on. Plus, a lot of CSMs they continue to grow as quickly as as the sales engineering team does, so they may elevate into other positions. Again, it really helps the organization holistically to have this uh, well, well documented and articulated. The other thing that, um, as, as I think about meetings, so everybody has a, a slightly different approach in a meeting. Um, I cover meetings kind of in a, a separate session coming up and, and I'm putting some documentation together around that as well. But I cannot stress enough the etiquette of when you are in a customer meeting, please, please, please do not sit and play with your phone and checking emails and text messages and those types of things. It may happen once in a while, but we live in an age where 
information is in front of us so quickly. I understand that. And your customer will probably do this. Take the high road. Most likely your meeting isn't going to be longer than 60 minutes. Some of them are, and usually there's a break there, but it's probably going to be 60 minutes or less. Take the time, flip the phone upside down, put it away, shut your ringer off, look at it when it's done. Even when there's you know, two minutes left in the meeting and you're wrapping up with action items and thank yous, wait until the meeting is over to pull the phone out. I have surveyed multiple um, <laughs> multiple customers throughout my career. Um, actually, I really shouldn't say multiple. It's It's been quite a few. Uh, I, I don't have the exact number, but I can tell you it's more than two. <laughs> they will all tell you their biggest pet peeve is that when you're talking with them or talking about how to solve a problem with them, that you also are looking at your phone and answering emails and texts and such. And it's part of our daily routine. But if you're in New York City and you have a New York minute, and I literally can't tell you how many times I've walked into a, a meeting in New York City, they take off their watch, they put it down, you have 45 minutes, it already started five minutes ago. Don't waste their time, right? You, you, you worked super hard to get into that account. Don't blow it up by doing something so preventable by pulling out that phone. Okay. So let's just agree to keep the phones away. If you disagree, then we agree to disagree and you pull out your phone in your next meeting and let me know how that goes, honestly, because customers do pick up on that. And when they think about the team that's in front of them, if you are neck and neck with another organization, everything that you have done up until that point will be evaluated and if you don't think that's the case, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're absolutely incorrect. You're trying to win a deal. They are looking at every single aspect of you as the account team, not just the price, not just the product, but the whole package. Don't let your whole package be disrupted by the one thing that you absolutely can control because you can't control product. You can't necessarily control pricing, but you can control how you support service and listen to customers on a daily basis. That's the easy, that, that's a layup. Those, those are table stakes or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Don't screw that piece up. Okay, great. So we've covered those things. So we've covered uh, things like, you know, bringing uh, some whiteboard markers and eraser with you, uh, some HDMI and other adapters uh, with you as well, though pricey, completely worth it, pays itself in gold later. Trust me. Let's keep the etiquette on phones away. Uh, because if you know you break that, trust me, somebody will be offended. They, they, they'll. My mother will be on the other side of the table saying you're not paying attention to what I'm saying. That that that's what I think of when I walk into those meetings. And you think it's funny, but it, it, it absolutely should be in the back of your mind. And it, and you'd want that too. So so I hope these these three quick things can help you in a meeting. Doesn't matter if you're a sales engineer. Doesn't matter if you're a customer success manager or you're the person there from a technical implementation standpoint, these are three quick hits that everybody should think of, especially if you're looking at getting into one of these fields here that we talked about today. Chalking head on the tube, trying to rile up the minions. Telling stories that they say are all facts when we know that it's just